leaving today. I want to be a part of it. Oh, wow. See, my voice. <laughs> I, I just woke up. <clears throat> That's the cold open right there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I just woke up as you know, as you guys, as you know, Charles, I'm not really a morning riser, but you know, it's a morning riser. Don't bother me. I'm working. 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 Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another beautiful day to discuss other people's excellence. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're two guys that like BSing at work. Uh, and this is our weekly NFL pod. Um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? What you what you want to do? Um, I'll go. For, I'll go first because I think you got more that you want to talk about. I actually am happy my team got the first win of the season. It was a good win. I'm not going to sit here. Start spreading the news. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. There it is. Go ahead. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. Oh, wow. See, my voice. <laughs> I just woke up. That's the cold open right there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I just woke up as you know, as you guys, as you know, Charles, I'm not really a morning riser, but you know, it's a morning riser. Okay. <laughs> so the Giants. New York, New no, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> so I actually got some vindication because as a Saquon Barkley defender, as a Giants fan, he was the key to the win against the Saints at, at, at you know, in New Orleans at home. Um, we were down 21-10. And as you guys can tell, it wasn't like I was sitting there like, oh, we're, we're definitely coming back in this game. I'm just, you know, I hate myself. So I was still watching the game and we start coming back. And it was when they let Saquon burn them. Like it was man-to-man coverage. And the dude just let him run past. Uh, Dan, Daniel Jones sees it, lobs it right over to him. Uh, Saquon burns two defenders, touchdown, and it's 21-17 now. And the Giants have life. I was, I was shocked because the second they got that touchdown, Saquon runs back to Daniel Jones and celebrates with him. And the mood on the – at least as a Giants fan, you can just kind of tell they were like, we're in this. So, and they didn't they didn't stop they didn't quit so I like seeing that and but Saquon was extra motivated uh Daniel Jones took a late hit that was just a not a no call apparently um out of bounds he was completely out of bounds and got hit in overtime and that pissed Saquon off to the point where it was I think it was a second and 14 and he does they do a little screen pass and Barkley just gets the first down and it's one of those things where it's like where the hell was this offense the last three weeks but they run it in. We win the game. First win of the season. It's a win that you definitely feel like you could build something off of. I'm, I'm not uh, vindicating or, you know, uh, redeeming Dave Gettleman. He should still be fired. But as far as Daniel Jones and Saquon and the offense, we saw what we expected week one this week, more or less. This is what I think Giants fans would have liked to see week one. And, and to be very honest with you, I mean, look, this is a team that their last three games, they've been in it, right? They could easily be three and one right now instead of one and three. Um, so there's, there's, you know, it's one of those things that's like still a young team. It's like they're learning, they're building, and that's good. Um, obviously, some teams, you know, especially early in the season, take a little bit longer to, to you know, figure it out than others. Um but they look good. The Jets got their first win. I think it's the first time in NFL history the Giants and the Jets both won an overtime game on the same day. It's one of those random, fun, it's a random stat. Right. It's just one of those little fun nuggets of information. That's why I was singing New York, New York, because um, not only did the Giants win, but the Jets got their first win. So, you know, for once, it was a good week to be a New York football fan, no matter who you root for. So, um, and it hasn't been like that for a long time over here. So, you know, like tip my cap off to you guys, man. You know, so that, that's a big thing. Because, like, you know, everybody's well, – as fans, we talk about tanking, 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 tanking. Those players don't want to tank. Like, losing sucks, especially in the NFL where it's a physical sport. I'm still getting hit just as hard. I'm still got to, you know, run. I still got to ice my knees after every game. I'm not trying to lose. 
You know what I mean? Basketball is one thing. You could just go out there and BS a little bit, and, and that still sucks because it's such a long season. But for football players especially, it's like especially with a 17th game now, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not trying to lose. Like, no offense, like, screw our draft status. Like, first of all, and if I'm on a bad team, you might be drafting my replacement. So I'm trying to play hard every week to try to make sure that I have a job. So, you know. And not to mention as fans, and I'll speak for both the Giants fans, like myself and Jets fans, I know, we don't have any faith in the team to draft well. So there's no real incentive that we want to tank unless there's this can't miss prospect, which to some Jets fans think that's Zach Wilson. I know you were really tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And and that does remind me though, because I know you want to talk about both West divisions. So let me, let me go down to the South real quick. The Thursday night game uh, with the Jags and the Bengals was low key, probably the best game of the week. Like that was an entertaining game. Like I enjoyed it. It's weird to say because it wasn't like the, you know, they're, they're not the contenders out there in the AFC, but if you ever wanted to get excited about the next 10 years of football, like how we do with young quarterbacks right, Joe Burrow versus yeah. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. that was a show. And Trevor yeah. Lawrence showed why he got drafted first overall, because that dude was balling the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, at insult to injury, you know, for the Jaguars that, you know, they let the Bengals come back and win. And then Urban Meyer somehow gets caught grinding on some young lady in the club. Uh, over no, the no, 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 no. I just saw this. He wasn't grinding on it. He was sitting down in a chair awkwardly, I might add. And this blonde lady's just dancing on him. If he was single, there's nothing video. But, dog, you own the, cl- the place that you were in, apparently, or supposedly he owns that place. And you're letting this blonde woman, it doesn't look bad, but you're letting her hit this is the new thing i hit this every single time since we've been recording <laughs> you let her like just dance on you at the place you own and she's not your wife like after all this uh tradition you know football conservative bullshit you espouse tradition with urban myers controversy and at the end of the day like again like i keep saying like, i feel bad for trevor lawrence because it's not just a bad organization right now it's a bad culture and, Urban and it's Meyer. strange, man, because I know you don't like wrestling, but the, the Khan family, how Tony Khan, uh, Shad Khan's son, runs All Elite Wrestling, AEW. I'm actually rocking an AEW shirt right now. Um, it's completely different. Like, a cult, like I, I don't want to say culture, because as far as the work culture, from what I read as a football fan, from what I read as a wrestling fan, AEW is like the place to be professionally as a, a pro wrestler right now. So it's weird. It's just strange to me as a fan of both. To hear that, and you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, how is the same family operating these two businesses when in reality, I know it's not Tony Khan having to do with the Jaguars. I know I don't think Shad Khan or Shayu Khan, however you pronounce his name, is making all these decisions. I don't think he's like a Jerry Jones or an Al Davis, but you should be able to find a president of operations that wants to build something real just based off how it seems that everybody wants to, how, how you do business as the Khan family. Honestly, like, like they have liver. I think they own Liverpool too, and and look at and, and they've been a winning team over the last couple of years. So the Jaguars are the like the the, the aberration or whatever um, in this whole Cod family, Cod family uh, sports, you know, d- franchises that they own. That the Jaguars are the worst ones off, and I, I know it's like a joke that they were trying to get them to move to London or something like. Like, you know, they didn't want the team to be good so they could move. I don't know if that's still a, the case. Like, they might move in our lifetime, but I don't know if it's going to be to London. It'll probably be to Austin or San Antonio or something or Oklahoma before it be, is ever moves to London. So I just don't get – I don't know where – I know the NFL wants to go international, but it logistically it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like you would probably have to play all your home games, like, you know, eight weeks in a row and all your away games eight weeks in a row. It just well, it wouldn't have to be that many in a row, but you definitely have to do back to back to backs or something like that. It would, it would, it would just like logistically, it just doesn't make sense. Um, like you said, he owns Liverpool, so he, he, you know, he's comfortable with that with those markets. Um, the Jaguars are basically the the London team anyway; they're always there. Yeah, but um, the, but there are that's the weird. This is the weirdest part about this is that, especially in the last ten years, since it kind of picked up steam that that was going to be the team to move. 
I feel like there's more Jacksonville Jaguar fans. Like they're like like and, and good for them that they're out there and they and they care about their team and they and they keep showing up. That like we see Jaguar fans. It's not like those are just empty stadium after empty stadium after empty stadium. People are yeah. going to these games. I mean, it's not Cincinnati, but I still think it's one of the like lowest attending attendances in the NFL. Um, yeah, but Cincinnati has lower attendance because they've been bad for so long with no real hope. Like, there's only so long you could be mediocre and never win a play. And, and, well, I mean, and they have like one of the worst stadiums. They don't have an indoor practice facility. They <laughs> is Paul Brown one of the worst stadiums? Yeah. It's, well, it's well I, I'm saying that because that's one of the stadiums under consideration if we get a World Cup. Yeah, well, it's it's just old. You know what I mean? It's not bad. It's just old. Um, and the Bengals are very cheap. Like I said, they they they're like notorious for having some of the worst facilities in the NFL. That's crazy, um, man. Hottest you know, jerseys, worst facilities. Yeah, it's like when when you know, I know it's Ohio State, but when a college team has better facilities than you, no, it's, it's a like, bad look. That's a bad look. Like the one positive we have out here in the tri-state, especially in Jersey, is you get ridiculed if your shit's not up to par with the surrounding area like MetLife there's nothing wrong with MetLife we just we're pissed off because Jerry World was built at the same time cost the same amount look at what they got then we got the most vanilla football stadium right MetLife is just and like there's nothing special about it but it's not you know overall it's not nothing you know it's like whatever I'm sure the training facilities are nice because you never hear anybody on the Giants complaining about the training facility that's there uh the Jets aren't at MetLife they're um Florham uh, Park, Florham Park, New Jersey. So mm-hmm. they're not there. But this was this was a random tangent we went on about stadiums. <laughs> what were we talking? Yeah, about? I mean, but no, it's 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 cause the pause because, like, like I said, we we you know just for the viewers say we keep talking about we want we do want to talk about other teams, not just our teams. Um, oh, that's yeah, that's what we were doing. I, I, I was talking about the Jaguars. <laughs> Sorry, man. Right. So you know, it's it's but that's part of the Jaguar story. Jaguar story. This year, um, they're zero four, and Urban Meyer once again is in the news for all the wrong reasons. So, and and there's already people in the sports world talking about is it time to move on from Urban Meyer? Which I'm good. I'd be lying if I said didn't make me happy. Not because I like seeing people lose their jobs, but because I know Urban Meyer is going to be fine. Dude's made more money than I'll ever dream of, and he'll have a job faster than I could get a job anywhere. So I'm not really worrying about Urban Meyer, but he's going to be on the list of failed college coaches in the pros sooner than later if he doesn't get his shit together. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I don't understand how these college coaches really think they're going to run professional franchises and grown-ass men like college students. I w- we just went to uh, the Rutgers game. What? It's a power thing. I, I know that, but I'm saying, like, we just went to the Rutgers game on Saturday. I got I was in attendance to watch my Scarlet Knights get the shit blown out by Ohio State. And I got to tell you that even though Ohio State looks like the real team, you know, out of the two, like, they look like a real college powerhouse – 32 years old, dude. I'm looking on that field. I still see kids. Like, there's a difference. Like, I'm not, and no disrespect. Some of them look like grown ass men. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like some of them look like kids. And it's a completely different beast in the NFL. Like, like to, to, to be Captain Obvious over here, like it's faster, it's bigger, and you're dealing with grown, like somebody my age, born in 89, graduated high school in 07. Would have came off the draft if I was good in what the 08 or 09 or the 09 or 2010 draft. So, so somebody my age that's in the NFL has been there roughly 10 years, and you want to walk in there and and treat it like a college program and not get a win in the first four games. This used to be, you know, the the, the 25 percent, uh, the first quarter of the season type shit. So, this would be where we evaluate the teams, and the hell does. Urban Meyer have the show in Jacksonville besides, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is good. We already knew that. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's hard, man. It's an ego thing. When you, when you are the man and you're the king and you're the emperor, it's hard to just be a guy. You know what I mean? Especially when you've been there for so long. It's one thing if you, it's one thing if you coached at the college level for like a couple of years and then you went to the NFL because that was your angle, right? Urban Meyer is a fixture in college football. He's a college football you know, a legend to the point where I don't remember the Ohio state's coach right now. 
I, I just keep thinking Urban Meyer. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, somebody day, Ryan day. But the point of the matter is. No relation. Uh, uh, right. I don't think I'm um, right. You know, the point of the matter is Urban Meyer is a college football legend who's been there forever, who made his bones in the in the college football rankings. You can't go to the NFL and think it's going to be the same way. But it's hard for somebody to, to check that out because that's what he's known. You know what I mean? It's not like he's a young guy. He's in his, like, 50s, or I think, maybe even 60s. And he's been coaching for how long? Like he's been co- he's been coaching for what almost twenty years in, in in college football. Like that's that's hard to then just put that aside and come into a new environment and think that you're going fifty seven. He's fifty seven. Yeah, like it was good. It was good for fifty seven, man. It was great. Um, um <laughs> like, but he, he. I mean, when did he start coaching? You know what I mean? Like he's been coaching for like twenty something years. So and and to your point, he's fifty seven. So these so these guys to him are still his minors. Right, he's been his first coaching gig as Wikipedia, take it with a grain of salt. As a coach, was St. Xavier High School in 1985. He was the DB coach, then 1986 to 87, Ohio State as a graduate assistant, then Illinois State in 88 as an outside linebackers coach. He was a quarterbacks coach and wide receivers coach at Illinois State in 89. Then 90 to 95, he was a wide receivers coach at Colorado State wide receivers coach at Notre Dame from 96 to 2000. His first head coaching gig was Bowling Green from 01 to 02, then Utah 03 to 04. There you go right there, literally 20 years. Yeah, and then and, and it wasn't, oh my God, man. Florida, he, he started at Florida in 05. Yeah. Like, no, but like that's where I remember, that's where I come in as, as a fan. I remember that. Right, everybody remembers him, right, as, as Florida, but I knew he I knew he was at uh, Bowling Green before, and I just, I just didn't know what years. I, I, um, I, I, I did not know. I just, it's one of those things where it's, I still have a tr- uh, tough time rec- reconciling with the fact how long ago those Florida State teams are right now. Right, uh, right. But, but the Tebow's a long time is- ago. Right, but the point of the matter is you've been doing this for 20 years, off and on, obviously, but you've been doing this for 20 years, and now you're going to the NFL. That's a huge change in culture, man. The only like, really break he had in the last, you know, 30 years, from at least this list I, I can see right here, is after Florida, he took off 2011, and he came back as the head coach for Ohio State in 2012. Right. And that's um, the only break. That's the that's the only break he's had because every other uh, run seems to be concurrent with the with the last one. So, right, um, we're not concurrent it, consecutive. I'm sorry. Yeah, but the point is, I I, I understand. I, I thought it was a bad hire because that's unrealistic to expect a guy like that to be able to go to an NFL locker room and not try to make it his own college football football experience because that's all he knows. You know, what I mean, this isn't some young hotshot who's been in, in college football for a little bit, and now he's going to a team. This is a guy who's literally made his career at the college football ranks. That's just not, that's just not, you know, that's just not smart. But let's not spend this whole pot on the Jacksonville well, Jaguars. Real quick, though, just an interesting factoid I, I found out last year. Um, and since the and since the Jaguars became a team in 1995, they have the an equal or better than success rate than the New York Jets. So as bad as the New York Jets have been, or as bad as the Jaguars have been, whichever one you think is worse, they, the, they have the same exact amount of playoff appearances. Yeah. And realizing that, wait, Saxonville wasn't that long ago. Exactly. Jacksonville has been more successful in recent memory than the New York well, Jets have well, been. Thing is, like the Panthers, they had success early. Remember? Oh, yeah. Remember those uh, uh Brian yeah, Brian Leftwich teams and Jerry Garrard teams and Maurice Jones Drew teams. They they were in the playoffs. Jerry Garrard and Brian Leftwich, man. I'll never like I'm of an age where I remember going to school and seeing kids with those jerseys on and just being confused because I went to school in New Jersey. So I'm just like, you're a Jacksonville fan? At least with the Panthers, it was I, I could kind of get the colors. The, it was like it was like for whatever reason, the entire country, the entire United States, if you grew up in the 90s, had Charlotte sportswear at some point in your life for no other reason than apparently they had the best marketers on the planet back then. Because why did all of us have either Hornets or Panthers gear? Yeah. I had I had Hornets gear. The hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but yeah, you wanted to talk about the West, bro. 
Yeah, I, I do want I do want to shift gears. Um, shout, shout out to the Bengals too, three and one right now, leading the division or tied for leading the division. Like, good for them. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's awesome. Um, oh yeah, well, I figured we were gonna keep talking about the Bengals as the season goes on because low key for all the black and gold running through your veins, you, you got you low key a Jamar Chase fan. So that's gonna be tough for you. <laughs> uh, he's on my fantasy team. I'm not Jamar. He's on all, all the fantasy teams he could have got him on. He's low key a Jamar Chase fan. Oh my goodness! All it's right. okay, man. I like Terrell Owens. He was never a giant. It's okay to like wide receivers. Yeah, listen. I'm, this is for fantasy purposes only, brother. I could care less. But but is Pat Ochocinco, one of your favorite wide receivers of all time. No, missed out. He's great. Legend. Yeah, he was. He was great. He's not one of my favorite. I mean, I like him as a person. He's hilarious. Um, but no, absolutely not. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of good football, both West divisions are really, really good right now. I believe everybody in the AFC West is three and one. And and low key, the Chiefs are, I think, third in the division right now, which is insane. Um, the Chargers, I believe, are in first place because they have wins over both the Raiders and the Chiefs. So right now they have the tiebreaker which is insane. Um, the Raiders lost for the first time last night. It was the first time Derek Carr kind of looked like the Derek Carr that gets criticized, where, you know, you sack him a couple times, and all of a sudden he's just not that guy anymore. Um, but even then, they still try to make a comeback. This just wasn't their night. Justin Herbert looks like the real deal. You want to talk about young quarterbacks. I mean, he, of all the young quarterbacks in the league, he's probably the best one right now. If we're talking about the post-Mahomes young quarterbacks, we forget we forget Mahomes is kind of like a veteran now. Um, he's still so young, but he's Bro, like a <laughs> chill. Just chill for my mortality. Can you just fucking pump the brakes? Like, don't call him a vet. He is a vet. Don't say, don't say post Mahomes era to me, <laughs> motherfucker. Don't do that. Like the post Mahomes generation, I should say. Oh, <laughs> oh. him and Deshaun Watson, they're you know, they're vets, man. They're 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 up there. They're in like what year five now, which is insane. You know what I mean to think about. Um, and Justin Herbert, should, you know, a lot of Giants fans look at him like he should be our guy. We should have still took him. Yada yada yada. I'm not one of them. I, I just feel the pain because I've heard it so many times now. But I, I need to say that. So watching that game last night, it's 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 the it's the ghost of Eli's past coming back to home. Um, stuff like that. I don't like that because it's like let's be realistic. If y'all would have. Y'all needed an office lineman. You got an office lineman. Did it work out? No. And and I, I honestly, I feel like if anybody would have taken, if he would have taken Justin Herbert at the time, he would have gotten destroyed. It's like, why are you taking another quarterback when we need an office lineman? And and Justin Herbert was were the Cardinals guys. destroyed? Huh? Were the Cardinals destroyed when they drafted quarterbacks back to back? No, because we all knew that that's what they were going to do, and we all knew that was the game plan. Um, with the Giants, it was okay. We need an office alignment. Stop dodging this. Go get an office alignment. We and haven't been dodging it. We're in year eight of the day. Okay. We're talking about the West. Hold on, hold on. Real quick. And, and Justin Herbert at the time was not considered this can't miss prospect. Remember, Tua was going. Remember, uh, uh, there was a, a, a bet between Mel Kuyper and, and uh, Todd Mache about who would go first, Jordan Love or Justin Herbert. So, and it was one of those things where those two guys were definitely the back end of those first round quarterbacks because it was definitely Joe Burrow and it was supposed to be definitely Tua before those two guys. So, if you guys would have taken him as the second quarterback, y'all would, Dave Gellman would have got ripped to shreds. So, for all those Giants fans that are trying to play, you know, 2022 quarterback. Or, or GM, like, stop it. That was not going to happen back then. So just move on. Um, like I said, NFC West, AFC West, both divisions are playing really well. Everybody's 3-1 and one in the AFC West. I love division. I love great divisions. Like, it kind of hurts me that the Steelers aren't good right now because the fact that everybody else in the AFC North is good, like, I love that. I love competitive divisions. The AFC North has always been a competitive division because it was always the Steelers and the Ravens, and sometimes the Bengals would throw their, their name in that hat as well. Um, but so seeing the, NFC, the AFC West, and I understand the, the Broncos haven't played anybody, and, of course, the one time they play a good team, they kind of get waxed at home. Mm -hmm. But I still think the Broncos are a good team. Um, 
they're a quarterback away. Like they have the weapons. They definitely have the defense. Like if Teddy Bridgewater continues to be a good quarterback, they're going to be competitive in every game. Um, the charges are for real. Like I said, Justin Herbert looks like an absolute superstar. That he has great weapons in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and and those tight ends and Austin Eckler. Like they really do look like the Chiefs, um, in a way, in terms of the way their football team is set up. Um, and they have a good defense. They have a much better defense than the Chiefs do. So they have an offense that can score just as much, just as well, but they got the defense to match. That's a really scary team. Um, and then the Raiders, like I said, they're no joke. They look like the real deal. Um, so that's that's interesting. And then obviously the NFC West, uh, a division we thought was going to be the best division in football. So far, you know, Cardinals are four and zero. They look legit. They look like they could. They could. They've taken that next step, and we'll see if they can last throughout the season. Um, the Seahawks are two and two. The the Niners are two and two, and the Rams lost for the first time to to the Cardinals. So that's a division that looks really good. You might see. Told you look look out for the Cardinals, man. Yeah, like you might see all wild card teams from those divisions, and that's insane to think about. That's I'm, really insane. I'm excited just to see the growth of all the young quarterbacks right now yeah. because a couple of years ago we were talking about what's the league gonna do if we don't start seeing younger quarterbacks because it was Mannings, it was Roethlisberger, it was Brady, it was Rodgers, it was all these older cats, mm. and that's when. Mahomes burst on the scene. That's when Lamar Jackson started winning MVPs. And now you got Kyler Murray and the aforementioned quarterbacks, Burrow, and hopefully Trevor Lawrence. Because, But right now, if Burrow stays healthy, I have not seen anything but balling from him. So now you got Stafford in, in L.A., and he and he's, feels like he's younger than he is, even though we all know he's a vet. And we, and we forget Deshaun Watson, like legal issues aside, when he's on the field, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Oh, dead ass. Yeah. Like, and, and legal issues aside, if he fi- gets found, you know, like nothing happened, I don't want him to become an eagle. Like, that's the rumor. That's the, I don't want that. I, I feel vindicated too because I told everybody Jalen Hurts could start in the league and was better than a third round pick. And it turns out both of those were right. But at the same time, I don't want to see them trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't want Deshaun Watson in the NFC East. I don't, you know, stay well, the-, well, the, th- the teams that seem to be in the rumor mill are the Dolphins, the Panthers still, and the Eagles. And some people are saying Pittsburgh is a, is a, is a uh, dark horse. Um, I don't know what Pittsburgh would. I think Pittsburgh- I don't know what they would give up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Pittsburgh only works if the legal things, you know, destroy his trade value and we can get him for some mid-round picks. But if they're still talking about three firsts and everything like that, I don't – I don't. if you're the Pittsburgh, Dolphins, you can't do that. The Dolphins seem like the team that could actually get the deal done. Right. Because and they the seem problem, to have the assets to trade and not completely have nothing there. Right. So, and which is crazy that I just said that about the Miami Dolphins, but – and the problem, I think the one thing hurting the Dolphins is if Tua continues to struggle, if you're, if you're Houston, why would you want Tua? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the trade trip that a lot of people are saying, like, hey, they could give up Tua and a couple first-round picks and still be good because they have all these multiple picks. But if well, to play devil's advocate, you'd get Tua and the picks, be bad for the year, and then pick your quarterback or try to get your quarterback. Um, I, don't, I don't think Tua is as much of a factor as people, you know, want to make them out to be they're saying three first round picks is what they want which means two firsts and a third probably would get it done right so do the dolphins well, have that I'm not, i don't re- i don't remember if they have it i i'm assuming they do because they've made no, I, think, crazy I think miami moves. has another two first round picks this year so they could just they could just punt this year's draft and say hey hey take our two first round picks for this year we'll give you our first or second round pick for next year as well and get the deal done as well as two if they wanted to you know, it's it's interesting. I don't, you know, it's interesting to see what what's going to happen with that. I think this is going to play out for another two years, to be honest with you, because the, the, they're not going to even have know what's going on with this thing until I think February of this year of of twenty twenty two, I should say. So God forbid he's found guilty, and remember, it's a civil case, so it's not like he's going to go to jail or anything like that. But God forbid he is found guilty on some of those counts then all of next year, you're going to have to deal with the ramifications of that. And that's why I do think Pittsburgh does come into place. Because if this gets dragged out for two years and he hasn't played in two years 
and the legal stuff is all getting settled and it and it diminishes his trade value. That's when you can see a team like Pittsburgh come in and say, okay, well, if we don't have to give up the farm to get him, yeah, we'll 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 talk we'll talk trade. Um if it, if it's still a high price, that's when you you know, that's when guys like the Miami Dolphins and others will come into play. But we'll see. I don't know. And uh, that's one of those issues where it's like, it's a civil case, not going to jail regardless. And he's an undeniable talent. If it wasn't, if there wasn't all that issues with the trade rumors before the season and during the off season, he'd be playing right now Mm -hmm. that he's not, he's, he's not, not playing because of those issues. He's not playing because he doesn't want to play and he was going to hold out until a trade happened. And then all this shit storm happened. That's why he's not playing. Right. Like I think people are are construing the two because if he never said he wanted out of Houston, he'd be playing right now. But um, is there anything else NFL related? Yeah, um, I, I do. I, I hate to do this. I I do want to give the Cowboys credit. I watched. Oh that. no, I said no. All right, you. I'm gonna... <laughs> I saw the Panthers Cowboys game, and I was impressed. And I was impressed by both teams. Honestly, you know, the Panthers play hard. Sam Darnold for a quarter looked like the Sam Darnold from the Jets, and that's going to happen. He's going to revert back to some bad decisions, had two bad interceptions that really hurt the team. That offensive line has got to be better. Unfortunately, he just couldn't do anything in that third quarter. And with the Panthers specifically, you saw where the injuries are starting to hurt them, right? You know, their offense is good, but without Christian McCaffrey, they can't sustain greatness every time. Like, so they have, you've seen it in the last two weeks, they've had spurts where their offense can't do anything and they have to readjust again on how they on how they're going to move the ball, and on defense, you know C.J. Henderson looked okay. He got burned a couple times, but you can tell like that defense is good because everybody works together on that unit, right? They don't necessarily have superstars on that unit, but they have eleven guys that just work really well together. And you're seeing it where like the injuries on that side of the ball is hurting them defensively because they need to work as like a hive. They can't, you know what I mean? And, and when Shaq Thompson goes out and Hassan Reddick goes out and the cornerback goes out, even when they're even when they're coming back in the game and they're in and out, like you just see their defense is just not coordinated and can't make the plays that they were making the first couple of weeks of the season. But I think they're going to be fine. They'll make adjustments. Uh, they think Christian McCaffrey will come back sooner rather than later. CJ Henderson, I think, will be better as he continues to you know learn that defense. Um, I think they're still gonna be good. I don't think I don't think the sky is falling on the Panthers. And like I said, for the Cowboys, I gotta I gotta admit, I'm impressed only because I think they finally figured out the balance, right? Because before it's either they're running too much and just wearing Zeke out, or they're throwing too much, and it's like, yeah, you're throwing too much and hurting your defense because you're always throwing. So either you're going three and out or you're scoring mad fast. I think they finally found a balance. We're like, yeah, let's run and throw and use play action. We know Dak can fling it all over the field. We know we have weapons all over the field. But we also know we have a beast of an O-line, a beast that running back. So let's run it down your throat first. Keep the defense honest. And then, you know, use play action and throw it from there. You can't stop that. You really can't. With the weapons that they have, and with Dak being, you know, knowing, full, you know, feeling fully healthy in the way he's playing, I hate to admit it, but that is a team that is kind of scary in the NFC. I know there's a lot of great teams in the NFC, but they should run away with that division, and they might be a threat in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're one of those teams. Like if you're not careful, they might mess around and win and win a game or two in the playoffs. Okay, um, Dak's playing really well. Um, oh, they found a balance. All they had to do was fire Jason Garrett and Dak had to stay healthy. I know this is fucking really deep football. It's crazy that you acquire all this talent over the years, like Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott have the best offensive line in the league forever. And if, you know, you have a competent offensive scheme, they can win games. It, I, it's really deep. It's, it's obviously high brain football shit. And that's why the Giants fucking hired J- Jason Garrett. But I, but I digress because every fucking year they, I hear what you people, pe- people say what you just said. Oh, if they stay good and they can win in the playoffs. I'm like, well, in the Super Bowl, but they should be good and win the division. They, I've heard every single year they should win the division. Every year this century. Every single year. No, it's, that's true. 
I don't care. Like, let them win the division. Want to why? Because they're not. And if they do, they lose. Like, like Dak is good. But let me let me be fair. Dak is really good. Dak is actually underrated in my opinion because that dude can ball, and he and he doesn't really cost them games ever. Just like Romo never really did. He doesn't really. And he I I said it on the pod last year. He should have got the bag. He did good for him. But with that being said, until I see something new. I'm not sure. We play next weekend, uh, next weekend, the Giants and, and the Cowboys. I don't think the Giants should win that game, just to be clear with everybody. So, but with that being said, that doesn't mean the Cowboys are world beaters. And, and in the playoffs, in the NFC, who's the hypothetical playoff team they're definitely going to beat? I, well, I don't think. I guess it would depend on if they're home or not and stuff like that. But also remember, remember their defense is playing much better too, man. They, they know, Trayvon Diggs is playing is probably defensive player of the year so far. He's got all these. He's got like five interceptions in, in four weeks. Like that's insane. He's had a, he's had at least a pick every single week this year. Um, their defense is just playing better. They're getting after the quarterback. They're creating turnovers. So that's what I'm saying. You got the defense who doesn't who hasn't garbage like they were last year they were the worst defense in nfl history last year right so you figured they were going to get better than that you can only go up from there but you had the defense that that's playing a lot better and you got an offense that finally seems to figure out a balance like that is a scary team and when you have a team that's playing well on both sides of the football you could beat anybody i'm not saying there's a team that they would definitely beat but if somebody comes in without their a game you can win i mean like i said if they win their division they're they're automatically going to get at least a home game, right? So then it depends on who they play in the wild card. They could beat, I don't know, a Seattle team at home. They could beat a Panthers team at home if the Panthers don't win the division and it's a and it's a wild card uh, weekend, right? They could they could beat one of those teams at home, and then it depends on where they go. Can their they go best, their best win is against the Chargers because it does – Yesterday, unless you think the Panthers are better than the Chargers, their best win is against the Chargers so far. Then they play the Giants, so they're then they're looking at what four and one, and then they play the Patriots. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking at six and one. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, nope, sorry, this is a mess. This is not the right. Oh no, I was right. Okay, then they play the Patriots. Then they play the Vikings. Then they play the Broncos. Then they play the Falcons. Then they play the Chiefs. So until the Chiefs game. All right, so they could literally be what 10 and 0, 10 and 1. <laughs> yeah, paper <laughs> champions is what I'm, I'm pointing it out to you. I'm just letting you know as this continues, I'm saying they should win these games. Do I think that they're real? No, I don't think they're good. Yes, but as far hey, as but hold, on, but, hold on. <clears throat> but hold on, they have a cup, it seems like they have a, a cupcake schedule, right? So let's say they finish with a top two seed and have. Home and are playing at Jerry World for every game except potentially an NFC Championship game. Is, is playing in Dallas some type of scary thing to NFL teams? No, but I'm saying at home. First of all, Mari Cooper by stats wise plays much better at home than on the road. Their defense is probably going to play better at home than on the road because of the, the crowd noise. Um, but that's my home, point. It's not like I'm not saying Dallas don't get live. That it's not full of Cowboys fans. Don't get me wrong, but that's a destination stadium. There's going to be plenty of fans of the other team there too. Like you no, hear no, Eagles no. fans in there. So, so the, the, I, the, the home, the, the home field advantage for the Cowboys. And this is, this is, this is like an actual belief of mine. I'm not trying to hate. I'm being serious. They don't have the home field advantage that other teams like have. They just don't like Jerry world is a destination. Other fans travel there to see their team play the Cowboys. Like there's giants fans air every single game. Wow. Like I'm not yeah, saying they outnumber the Cowboys fans. That's no, but, but hold on, but that's not fair because you're you're bringing up divisional games. You said Eagles, you said Giants. Which and which playoff team would they play? Could there not going to be any Rams fans there if they play the Rams in the first round or whatever the first game? Like, well, it, probably, it probably wouldn't be the first round. It would probably be like Seattle or somebody. That's what I'm saying. If they, the first, okay, if they play, if they play the on, Cardinals, just, if they play the Cardinals, there's still going to be Cardinals fans there. No, no, but hold on. This is what I'm saying. Round one, let's just say, let's just say they do what they're supposed to do and they take care of an easy schedule. And they, like I said, top two seed, right? Which means they're going to be facing the seventh seed. That's probably going to be Seattle. That's probably going to be Carolina. That's probably going to be Minnesota or who, something like that. Or they the Rams easy. or the Cars, depending how the West turns out. Well, right now, right now, it looks like the 
it looks like the Rams and the Cardinals are running away with that division for now. Obviously, it's still early. So let's just assume. I'm just saying they can't, they're not going to be one and two. If one's going to be the division winner, the next is going to be a wild card. Right. But there won't be seven, is what I'm saying. They could be, they could be five. Yeah, you think about it. If the Cardinals, the Cardinals are four and oh, the Rams. I'm, try, are, I'm trying to do the math of the NFC right now that I where I, where I think people are going to land because in the north, the top, the top two teams, and like, like I said, whoever whoever wins the NFC West might be the one seed, right? Mm-hmm. So that so, and then which means if the other one just misses out by a game or two, they're probably going to be the five seed, they're not going to be they're not going to be the seven seed. The seven seed is a team that like barely makes the playoffs, right. And then the NFC West in a regular year, <laughs> like right. And and, and and what I'm in the NFC is so loaded. When I say barely made the playoffs, that's still a good team. Like I said, that could that could be the Panthers at at eleven and six or something like that. It could be you the Niners. I mean? It could be the Niners. But my point is, if it's like Seattle, if it's like Carolina, if it's like Minnesota, if or it's like Seattle, that, I think the Cowboys have a shot. Like like just right. match up wise, if, if I think a, they have a shot. If it's the Panthers again, I think the Cowboys have a shot, right? So that's one win, right? So now you're saying just win one more game at home and you're in the, and you're in the NFC Championship game, and it depends on who you face. You're putting if a lot of ifs, ifs, ifs that I've heard for 20 years. Listen, I'm just giving credit. Look, I don't, you know, I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys probably more than you hate the Cowboys. That's not true. <laughs> I, I cannot stand the Cowboys for the same reasons that you hate them. Like, oh, America's team, America's team. We're going to win the Super Bowl every year. Like, please pump the brakes. But I have to admit, this team looks like a team that has figured out the formula for success. I can't say that. Oh. I can't say that in other years. I can't say that in other years. And again, it's early. We'll see. I would love to, for them to fumble, I, I, like like Stephen A. always says, I hope they go twelve and well, it'll be twelve and five this year. But I hope they go twelve and five and look like world beaters and then fall flat on their face in the first round of playoffs. I would love that, but I'm but I'm also giving credit when credit is due. They look like a team that could also make a run. That's all I'm saying. I I wouldn't be. It's the Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I wouldn't be surprised they don't win another freaking game and don't even make the playoffs. That would be glorious. <laughs> But but I'm but I'm just saying like I'm giving them credit like yo they look like a team that should that we shouldn't sleep on that's all I'm saying. Sorry, that's, that's all I'm saying. No, and for my news, congratulations, Big Ben! You got your 400 touchdown, you got your 232 yards, your six all time. You're the great best career. compiler in the league. Great career, great career. Uh, please Pittsburgh, please sit him down. And honestly. And I'm not going to get into it because we did a whole pot on that last week. So if you don't know, listen to that first and come back to this. Um, but really, my thing is, like, sit him down because he's going to get hurt, bro. Like, our office, I watched that game on Sunday. Our offense, it's not even his fault. It really isn't. Like, he's stepping back. And as soon as he takes his third step, somebody's right there on his back. And he's not the Ben Roethlisberger of old who could just shrug off defenders and run around for seven seconds until somebody gets open. Like, he's a statue now. And at the end of the day, like that offensive line is atrocious. Like I, I don't. I, I guess it's the question of what's more embarrassing, right? Sitting him down and letting him sit on the sideline for the rest of the, for the rest of the season, or him getting carted off. I'm sure Big Big Ben will want to get carted off because that's the type of guy he is. He wants to be the hero and go down, fight, swinging. But my thing is like, I, those last two, especially these last two weeks, he's taking some really bad hits. Like really bad to the point where I'm like, yo, he's gonna get hurt, man. Like I don't, I don't want to see him go out like that. Just take him, just take him out, put somebody else in who could at least protect himself by by being able to move in the pocket and move outside of the pocket. Are no, you I, saying it's time for Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, I, I said it last week, and I said I'm saying it again. Like put him in, put him in. And from what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing, the stop, the system that they're running, that they want to run with Matt Canada. There's a lot more read options, a lot more college stuff, a lot more spread stuff. You can't really do that with a guy who can't move, right? Mm. So, again, Dwayne Haskins might not be a better quarterback than Ben Rosberger, but his skill set might open up this offense a little bit more, which is what they need. This defense is – you can tell they're beat up, they're tired, because they're on the field way too freaking much. Well, here's the reality of the situation. You say he might not be a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. 
it's 2021, and if he comes in and you guys start winning games and moving the ball, he is a better quarterback. That's the reality of the situation. It's just it's just sad, but that doesn't take away the greatness of his career. That doesn't take away the, the moments. It doesn't take away the rings. It doesn't take away the Hall of Fame career at all. But it's the reality of right now because a lot of Steelers fans, which makes sense because the Ravens are your biggest rival, that hate on Lamar Jackson, use terminology like that. Well, he's not the best quarterback. Well, you know, there's better passers out there. I don't care. Win games. You know what I mean? Like, okay, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's a better quarterback. Be the better quarterback on that two win team and, and, and let my team keep winning and making the playoffs. You know what and, I mean? And again, it's still and reason, another reason why I'm saying do it now. It's, it's still early. You're only two games back. You've only played one division game so far. So it's not like you're out of, uh, of, you know, winning the division or, or wild card. Um, give yourself a chance. You know what I mean? Like if you wait till I think our bye week's week seven and they're saying maybe by week seven, they'll bench him. If you wait till then it might be too late. You know what I mean? And then, and then at that point, if you start winning games with Dwayne Haskins, it's like, damn, we should have done this before. I think it's, it's a tightrope. Week seven seems like the politically safe bet just from the outside looking in, you know what I mean? Like it looks like no one can say it's too late or too early either way. I think if you leave them in, if but if you're one yeah. and six by then, it's like yeah, I agree. But that's what I'm saying too. It, it, it's such a catch twenty two, no matter what you do, right? Because if you take them out and you lose a couple games, you put them back in, and you win, you look just as stupid, even though it could be completely just isolated instances of those games that made you lose. I, I don't know, man. I, I just think the Steelers. This ain't the Steelers' year. Not like the, the piggyback of what oh, you're saying about. Oh yeah, we're not winning no Super Bowl. Like I said, I, well, I'm not even I, saying the Super Bowl. I mean the division. Your division. Like, oh, we're not winning. We're not winning the division either. But I, I guess my point, like I said last week, um, and I don't want to keep harping on this because I did. I talked about for like twenty minutes last week. But the goal now is to see if you have a, at least a bridge quarterback because right now you need to get that offensive line together. I don't care if we have Patrick Mahomes back there; he's not going to be able to do shit with that offensive line. So the next two years, you have two years really to get that offensive line fixed, right? So you need to know if. Dwayne, and I know this one, I'm not saying Mason Rudolph because I think we know what Mason Rudolph is. I think yeah. he's just a really good backup. You no need for to, getting a helmet swung on him. Yeah, like uh, if I think you need to know Dwayne Haskins can at least be good enough to be your bridge quarterback for the next two years. And if he can, great. And by the next, by those two years, if you have your offensive line together, if and my, like I said, we need more than just offensive line, but the offensive line is obviously the number one priority. If you get all that stuff fixed, then you can say, all right, what do we do at quarterback? Do we trade for Deshaun Watson or somebody else? Do we trade up in the draft and get whoever, whatever young kid is coming up that year in the draft? Um, do we still suck where we can draft that young kid in the draft? You know, we're not going to know. But the point, but I, I'll put it to you this way. If we have an offensive line, I don't think we should be bad enough that we're drafting a top uh, quarterback unless we trade up to get him, um, which is fine. You know, that's always been my philosophy. Build your team up first. You could always go get a quarterback, even if you have to trade the farm to get them. So that's what they need to do. And I just think it makes – and like I said, I think taking Ben out now just protects him from himself because he's going to get hurt. Like, he's gotten – he's gotten like, he's had some really, 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 like, awkward hits the last couple of weeks. And you can tell, like, he's just hurting to get up. And you know he wants to be out there. And I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what's more embarrassing – for a guy like that, just taking the ball away from him or letting him go in out there and getting killed. Like, like dude, I'm, 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 I'm focused on his long-term health at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I say it's, it's just time now. I, why waste any more time? I told you at the end of last year, you should be cutting ties with him. And it was because of exactly what you're saying. Like do it before it's too late. And obvious. The, the, the craziest part about this to me is the amount of Steelers fans that, said all this shit about Eli. When I say all this shit, I mean everything you're saying about Big Ben was said about Eli. Mm-hmm. And the, the team not being ready to move on. And da, 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 da. You could have did a copy and paste, and all you had to do was change well, the here's, here's, the, here's the one difference. I think the Steelers wanted to move on last year. They literally couldn't because of his contract. Like It, it was like 20-plus million in, de- in dead money if he if he if we cut him or he retired or something. So they had no choice but to bring him back for that next year. They restructured the contract, but they had no they had no choice but to bring him back for next year. And I was fine with that because it's like, yeah, whatever. We don't have a better option anyway at quarterback, so whatever. It's not like we had a, a, a young guy like Daniel Jones in the waiting. 
Uh, we brought in Dwayne Haskins, but everybody knew at that time Dwayne Haskins wasn't going to be ready day one to step in and be our starting quarterback. So, you know, I, I'm okay with this being a punt year. I was hoping it wouldn't be. I was hoping we had one last ride. But after week one, I realized, yeah, nah, this offensive line is, is still much worse than we thought it was going to be. And we have no chance of winning. Like If the defense – like even last – even Sunday, that controversial offsides uh, thing, right, that was the only chance we had of winning that game. That block punt – that block field goal for a touchdown that got called back off a bogus offside penalty, which they should be able to review that. That is such a critical play. You should be able to review that. But anyway – that was the game right there because that was a huge swing. Instead of being down 17-10, we would have been up 17-14. That changed the whole momentum of the game. But that's how we're going to have to win. Our defense and special teams are going to have to give us points because we can't get more than a touchdown or two a game. Like we, score, we might score early, and then we might score late, and then that's it. We're, we're just not a good enough offense to get more than a to, – to, to bank on two touchdowns a game. We're just not. So the games that we even have a chance of winning, the only game we won is because we had a, a block punt for a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like that's how we're going to have to win games, and you're not guaranteed to get that every every week. So you got to put Dwayne Haskins in to see if you can open up that offense. And like I said, see if you can at least score two touchdowns a game. With this defense, you probably only need two touchdowns and a field goal to stay in it every time. You don't you don't need to score 30 points, but you got to at least be able to get to the 20s. You know what I mean? Like, if you're scoring 10 points a game, you're not beating anybody in this NFL because every NFL offense is good enough to put up more than 10 points. I mean, hopefully. Right. You you should be able to. I mean, hopefully. I mean, you got some bad offenses in the league sometimes, bro. No, sometimes, yeah. But my thing is, even Jacksonville, if you, unless you dominate defensively, I think will put up more than 10 points. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're only getting into the red zone two or three times a game, that's not good. It's not good. Like, so what'd you think of uh, the Brady return to Foxborough before we get out of here? Oh yeah. Cause we should talk about that. Um, yeah. The goat came home. We should, we should talk yeah, the about goat it. came home. Um, it was interesting. It was, uh, I think Bill Belichick is pissed that he didn't win that game. Mm. I think he would, you can tell that that was a game they circled on their schedule. Like, yo, if we don't win any freaking game this year, we got to win this game. Did you hear his response to the question about being asked about playing Tom Brady? No, what is that? He said something along the lines of this defense played against him every day in practice. No, it's not, you know, anything special. We're going up against him. It's not, you know, it's not anything new. It's not anything new. We're going up against And it was just kind of like, that's practice. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even, like, uh, the K show. Was, was getting on him on Monday for that and how he gave this fake answer and Rosenberg was was just getting on him like how are you going to say we saw him in practice when other times you would give an answer like well it's just practice it's not the game you got to go out there and execute and all this other crap and so it's so it's like these non-answers about all these Brady questions when it when you know you're not showing weakness by by acknowledging you had a relationship with another human being for 20 years like does yeah, it mean anything yeah. special? It's I think I think Bill I feel like Bill just kind of gets caught up in his own aura sometimes. And it's like, bro, like y'all were y'all won six Super Bowls together. You've been to nine Super Bowls, you've been to every single AFC championship game ever. <laughs> like, I mean, you guys were very successful to and we're on so, to Cincinnati. Yeah, like it's okay to to it's okay to acknowledge like, yo, man, that dude was special. Y'all did something special together. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's ego. Like he thinks it was him. Brady thinks it was him. I, you, It was you guys together. There's no way that you, there's no way that with another quarterback, they, they are this successful together. Right. And just Amen. like, I don't, and just like, I don't think Tom Brady in New England with any other coach would have been that successful at the end of the day, they made it work. And it is kind of corny to me that like like that Bill seems to be like really really like pissed off that Brady left. It's like, bro, you you didn't want him there. You 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 wanted to trade him or 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 replace him, and then you acted like he is replaceable, and you're mad that he went and won, and proved that he could win. You're mad that he went behind your back and got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. You're mad that. 
he won the divorce because he went and found a, another another beautiful wife and they won another ring together and you're stuck with what you're stuck with. Um, you're and mad you're, mad, you're mad that the coach isn't a puppet coach because no one's going to say Bruce Arians is just along for the ride. Like, at least anyone that knows football because Bruce Arians had a great year with Jameis Winston and then all you did was replace Jameis Winston and pick, and pick up Gronk and A.B., and me and you have argued about it for a year now about how important AB is to that team. And I'm and I'm saying this more complimentary than dissing either of those two. Gronk is is more Brady's chemistry, but you could take both of them off the team and they're still contenders. Yeah. Because yeah. why? Because Tom Brady. No one was saying, oh yeah, the Bucks could probably win a Super Bowl two years ago. The second they got Tom Brady, they were the favorite, and it wasn't because Bill Belichick's genius made Tom Brady. And mind you. It, it's hindsight's 2020. I'm just feel I feel vindicated because I was in the camp of it's a little bit of both. No, I was always in that camp. Like you can't just say he's a game manager when I've been watching this dude for this long and I've seen game managers. I've seen what people call game managers. No, nah, he's not a game manager. He he's killed my team way too many times. Like he's one of those dudes where the Steelers were always on the brink of victory, and it's like yo, we left too much time on the clock, and you knew he was just gonna go. And right Tom down. Brady was gonna go. Tom Brady. TB twelve, yeah. Game managers don't do that. And you know what's messed up? When the people when I when I hear game manager, I think Alex Smith only because he got called a game manager, and he's one of the main quarterbacks. I I'm a fan of just because I'm like, yo, you guys disrespect this dude. Like he's so good. Like it's just because he's not Aaron Rodgers flashy. You call him a game manager. He could run. He could pass. It's like you calling him a game manager is literally ignoring all these intangibles he has, and then. Times that by what you said, six rings and then an infinite amount of, of, of moments. And that's Tom Brady, because Tom Brady might not look, air quotes, like the GOAT. If you sit there and just watch, it's become undeniable. My father is one of the biggest Tom Brady haters on the planet, on the planet. Like, he's not giving this dude props. I think when he finally won with the Bucks was the first time he started, like, kind of acknowledging sideways that he's the greatest of all time because I kept saying like, how many more rings he's going to have to win? And oh, it's a team sport, Bill Belichick and all those other stuff. And that was like the last bit of, you know, you have to give him respect now. But, but I feel like, I feel like that's why Bill salty now, because I think him winning right away without him, at least in his mind, diminishes his greatness. Cause a lot of people did say, well, it's Bill Belichick. It's the system. It's the Patriot way. And a lot of people saying, nah, bro, that Patriot way was more time than Bill, man. Like, we believed in Tom more than we believed in Bill. Yeah. Oh, the players coming out and saying the Patriot way was just as much Tom Brady as Bill Belichick. I think that's good for both of them. Um, I also think Bill has a chance to become something great, or he is already my favorite coach. I'm not saying that. I think he's the GOAT coach. But in his own way, in his own special way, in the sense that his name is completely tied to Tom Brady now. Like, people don't remember him as a coordinator with the Giants. They don't remember him as a head coach with the Browns. So they only remember him and Tom Brady. And I don't think he's going to win a ring with Matt Jones, but to be fair to Bill Belichick, I never thought he was going to win a ring with Tom Brady once uh, once his face got hurt. So and that's how that's how crazy this storyline is. I said, once what's his face got hurt? <laughs> but you know, the funny thing about it is, I hated the Patriots. I Bledsoe. hated Tom Brady. Oh, me, sorry. I couldn't remember his name. Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Um, I, I thought, oh, you really didn't know his name. Uh, no, it, it was like I had it, and then I, like the second I went to say it, my brain went, when was the last time you thought about this? <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. It's not ready. Like, I thought you were being facetious. That's why I didn't say the name. Oh, what's It was half and weird? half. I just played it really well. What's, what's weird to me about this is I hated the Patriots. I hated Tom Brady. I still hate the Patriots. Fuck the Patriots. I still hate the Patriots. <laughs> no, no, but the crazy thing, I don't hate either one of them anymore. It's just like, okay, Patriots, cool, they won. Tom Brady won the ring. Cool, whatever. I th- I may- and maybe because I like Cam Newton and they gave Cam Newton a chance, that's maybe why I didn't hate the Patriots anymore. But it's so weird how I just hated them together so much. But now that they're apart, I'm just like, okay. All right, I'm cool. And maybe it's just because I know that the, the Patriots dynasty is over. So you I just, just I said on this podcast within the last 14 days that they're your most hated team. Yeah, they, they were. Absolutely. They, now are. The they were two weeks ago. So who's your most hated now? Probably the Cowboys. And you're going to sit here on the dope blog and praise the fucking Cowboys. What are we doing here, bro? 
I'm objective. You don't got to be objective. It's our pod. Fuck the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Journalism is my job. This pod is my pod. Fuck the Cowboys. Look, I'll even do my Razor Ramon. Fuck the Cowboys. I think that's a good place to end it. You can find me at number four, Brettany, N-E-V-A underscore the number four, B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Instagram and Twitter. You know, you need people like me. You need podcast hosts that you can look at and say, that's the bad guy. <laughs> find me. I missed the camera that time. <laughs> it's a little tiny camera. Um, you can find me at not the Chuck D on all the socials. Uh, we're at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog on Twitter, www.thedope.blog for all of our stuff. We're on all the podcasts and now YouTube visual medium. Look how pretty I am. Uh, if you're, if you are watching this on YouTube, please like share and subscribe. We really appreciate it. We love you guys and keep rocking with us as we continue to discuss other people's excellence, except the Cowboys, I guess. Yeah. Fuck the Cowboys. I say 1996. If we're talking about the nineties is Tupac. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working.